0: But one of the things that uh, you're centering on with in immigration is problem we have with economic development in this country and the jobs are moving offshore. Um, the one criticism I would have is that uh, immigration is not the sole reason, and you need to also consider uh, tax implications uh, of business and the two of them working hand in hand together. Yes. Uh, and we need to be sure that we we look at the overall because. Taxation and the taxation rules, especially for corporations, if you've ever had to fill out a corporate tax form versus the 1040, you know what a pain in the rear end that form is, even more so than the 1040. Um, I I think we need to be able to look at reform on multiple fronts and not just center solely on immigration, that we need to look at taxation in terms of business, uh, also regulation, where it makes it uh, restrictive, the federal government now uh, thanks to the M- uh, EPA can garnish wages of uh, individuals and to impose fines. It, it all points to an overreaching of the state's government. And uh, I, I think we need to, a, as we look at this, uh, look at the overall picture and not focus just on one segment. That was just a comment that I had based on what you talked about today.
1: Uh, yes, uh, I agree with that. And still, I'm trying to put this in the bigger picture. And when we talked about political political issues, every political issue is about giving more power to the government. Whether we will oppose the federal government and, and, and you know giving more power to the government and oppose the federal government becoming that tyrant. And I agree with you. It's not just immigration. I mean, like I said in one place, uh, you can't change one thing only, and we don't look at one factor only. I was only showing. That immigration actually, even if you keep everything else not there, immigration will still produce outsourcing. Immigration restrictions will produce outsourcing because these entrepreneurs, these employers are looking for these people. And if these people come into the economy, then the economy naturally wants them. They wouldn't come here if they don't know that they're going to find the jobs. And that's why. Uh, But but yeah, you're right. I mean, many other issues are uh, are embedded in that issue of giving more power to the government. I agree with that.
2: Your comment was that a lot of immigrants come to find jobs, but with the current socialism that we have in the government now, there are a lot of options for coming to the United States that don't include work, including welfare, WIC, free medical care, things like that. For a $1,300 ticket, anyone from Africa can arrive in America and get free AIDS treatment for the rest of their life. There are other factors involved now because of the socialistic tendencies of the government again
1: again what we're missing here is is one very important thing okay restricting immigration so that these people don't, don't get access to that money okay it's not going to decrease the waste remember that money went before that money went there to those immigrants it was voted by congress and congress normally does not make any account for where that money goes Okay so when they vote in congress the spending they're not thinking about these immigrants okay so the next thing you got to remember if even if you stop all immigrants from coming or even if you're able to perfectly screen those immigrants from coming this is not going to decrease the waste you're still going to be taxed at the same level and congress will still increase the, the, the debt burden of the, of the U.S. government. So you got to think about this. So this is something that they show you these immigrants as the reason. But the real reason, the real border crisis is not on the, on the on the border between Texas and Mexico. It's on the border between Virginia and Maryland. That's the real border crisis. So when you say these immigrants are doing that, you're actually saying, you're actually complaining not about more expenses on the taxpayer you're complaining about how the money that has already been stolen from the taxpayer why does it go to these people and doesn't go to some other greedy our own American homeborn
2: bureaucrat or
1: or welfare recipient this is what you're complaining
2: about no I'm not complaining what I'm stating is there are other pe- reasons for people to come here other than to yeah. work because of the social system we have now, to that finish, no right. one fails, yeah. so I, I just met an immigrant just recently, and, and, and I do evangelism with these immigrants and, and feed them as well, but I will tell you, I met an immigrant just recently who was a big American success story, yeah. but he had 27 operations on the United States government, on the taxpayers, okay. his mother was, a, was on welfare his whole life, he was on welfare.
1: And I this just shave, is, this I, is a
2: success story from 14 years ago that came yeah. here I, from I, I Honduras. Just
1: shaved, I just shaved an immigrant this morning that didn't take a, a one, one, one penny of American wealth here.
2: So you're not addressing my, my thing. Okay, my question is. Let me finish. I wasn't are, about to address your thing. But okay. my question is, there is another draw besides work. If people coming to work, we agree with. Okay. You, we don't have any difference here. The difference is, we have a social system that's set up to create a subculture of people who live off of the government. And other people from all around the world will access it. That's certainly better than any life that they, that they have where they're coming from.
1: Okay, is that the problem with immigration or is that a problem with the social system? Okay, so why are we talking about it in a, in a, in a study about immigration? No, it's, both. No, it's it, it, not both. It goes up the more all right, let me, let me continue this. Let me continue this. Okay, now let me ask you this. Given that, given that we have restrictive immigration laws and given that those restrictive immigration laws are actually controlled by the trade unions and given by the fact that the trade unions will always want to limit exactly the kind of people that would, that would be a competition to the trade unions, people who are lower middle class and want to work, can you answer the question why you see most of the immigrants being people who are on welfare and not lower middle class honest decent workers who will go and work the reason is you see more of this these people that you're 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 uh, presenting to us the reason is because the government stops the good people from coming in so your solution is not to stop people from coming in the solution is Let people travel freely, and you will have more distant people coming in. I'll give you another example. 2003, in 2003, I was at a libertarian conference, uh, speaking at a libertarian conference up in uh, Lithuania. And I I had a friend at the time, I haven't talked to him for many years, but he is an American billionaire who who is a self-made man. single he is one of those that made the early databases that put online and started selling them and so on you know the ones that actually access your email and start sending you you know it's it's still legal so he he does it he made billions out of it so he opened an office he had a a, a foundation and so on. he had an, an office in Moscow okay and he had a, a lady in Moscow who was 30 years old, and he liked her, and, and they're not Christian, but he wanted to marry that woman. And she, she, she was really beautiful, and, and she, had, she had three degrees, and, and she, she has never been on welfare, and so on. So, he wants to get her to Oregon, where he lived, and uh, he sends her an invitation from himself personally, from his company, and from his foundation. So she's got three invitations by three places that have enough money to support her, and she'll never be on welfare, plus the fact that she speaks several languages, and she is educated, and so on. So even if she stays in the United States, do you think it's going to be a draw on the economy, or do you think it's going to be a gain to the economy? It's going to be a gain to the economy, right? So she goes to the American embassy, to the American consulate in Moscow, and they refuse her a visa this is your government bureaucrats okay and they refuse her a visa and he says he calls them and he says i mean he's a man with money so he he's not he doesn't take no for an answer right away so he calls the the consulate and asks the very lady that refused that lady visa the american bureaucrat and she says the following the words well She's young, she's beautiful, she's smart, she speaks languages, and she has great employment prospects. I cannot let her go. She's a potential immigrant. And his question was, so is this your policy to keep America stupid and ugly and unemployed? And she said, that's our policy. So if you see those people that come through the borders and actually immediately go on welfare and you don't see the other kind of people that are smart, educated, have great employment prospects and have never been on welfare, maybe the reason is we have restrictive immigration laws and the federal government enforces them. You will always have that kind of people crossing the borders. You will always have that kind of people going everywhere, whether Mexicans or Americans. You will always have, I mean, you go to you go to places like Iowa or Michigan, and you don't have me- too many Mexicans there, but you have local white people, Anglos, that are on welfare exactly the same way as the Mexicans. Born and raised here in the United States, 10 generation American, and is still on welfare. I mean, you have people here in the States about it, but the problem is, be- when you have restrictive immigration laws, you will only get what the federal bureaucrats want you to get, and you will not get the decent people that may help you turn the things around. This is what this is the way this is this is reality. So this is why you don't have these kind of people. Yes.
3: Uh, y- yes. Uh, on, on the note of, of uh, border security. Uh, You know, uh, I I think what we have to do is do something that's right. And uh, I I compare it to my little boy taking him fishing. And it's, uh, I I read this in a book once. Imagine, it's, it's not fishing season yet, but we're getting ready. And it starts in three hours. Three hours we can legally catch fish. And my boy throws his rod out and he casts and he pulls the biggest bass we've ever seen. And I go, hey son, that's a beautiful fish, right? And he's like, yes. You ready to put it back in the water? And the point of that story is, Sometimes you have to do what's right and what's wrong, and I think where Carl is going is the fact that obviously we have a we do have border security issues. In, in Brownsville, there's a couple of ranchers who have uh, found uh, documents that that show that uh, it's not just people from South America and Central America coming in to the to the country. There there's folks who are coming in from Middle Eastern countries. Uh, uh, so there, there's some security risk but obviously the system is broken uh, completely it's our welfare state i have to agree with with you Bo. Bo, uh, that that we just can't uh, do we're
1: we're we're thinking we're thinking the wrong way here we're Mm -hmm. thinking about we're talking about criminals here people that are proven criminals because they let's say they're terrorists we're thinking and then we confuse this with the issue of immigration but let me let me tell you why we have those criminals because if the government was a biblical type of government it would focus on the criminals you know, and try to identify the criminals, which, which, which is way less money and less resources than stopping whole masses of people, because among them you may have a few criminals, okay. Why is, uh, and I like to give this example, why is the Israeli airline, El Al, the most secure airline in the world. Do they have all the, all the TSA regulations and you know, getting all the people through that and, and multiple? No. They actually have a very small force of workers. But what they do is they focus on people that, or people they, they know are risk, risk people. They do not try to control masses of people, because that will mean a lot of resources, but America is wasting a lot of resources controlling massing, masses of people, when actually the government is supposed to focus on the criminals, and that's biblical, because biblically, if you know somebody is a criminal, he is a criminal, and this is not an immigration issue, it is a crime issue. But a crime issue is not. We, we have fused the two, and we have created, we have uh, taken the criminal, and we have attached the image of the criminal on the image of the immigrant, and we look at the immigrant, and we say, he is a criminal now, and this is illegal, this is, uh, this is wicked, and this is not biblical, and this is not constitutional, and it has nothing to do with the original American uh, spirit. Um <clears throat> I just
4: wanted to add in a couple of pieces of information, and you can process them however you'd like. But part of my job is to hunt for resources. And so there's two things uh, about this uh, uh, welfare that I wanted to say. Um, First, it's not as easy as it used to be to uh, apply for public assistance, welfare, whatever you call it. Um, You have to offer up several pieces of information now. It's not like it used to be. You have to give them everything from bank statements, and some states have even um, approved drug testing. And um, so it's not as easy. You know, they can't just come across the border and run to the nearest Health and Human Services office. That's not how it works. Um, Some of them may somehow you know, get away with it, and the laws have to change then. Um, the second piece of information that I want to share is that a lot of people pay taxes, and they pay taxes through the use of um, ITIN numbers that they apply through, through the Internal Revenue Service. So um, in my past jobs, when I was helping uh, people fill out immigration forms, Um, they would have to pay fines but they also paid their taxes and they would supply me with years of taxes that they've been paying out and they do it by uh, keeping manual logs of everything they earned and they were able to add, subtract, multiply on their own to find out how much taxes they had to pay for that year so um, just like they take majority of them give back into our economy so um just want to include some of that information for y'all thanks
5: uh yeah <clears throat> i'm not again uh, on your view on immigration i'm not against the illegal immigration what do you want to call them, coming to this country now if i see someone saying like i know a good example I ask them, Mom, what are you doing while well, I'm working? Do you give any, any, does the government help you out in any kind of way? Like, no, nobody helps me out. Also, oh, you're like a man. You're responsible. You take care of you and your family. You are a man. You're responsible. Growing adult. I, man, man, I love you. I support you. If they come looking for you, I'll even hide you. Because you know what? Well, you're coming here on your, because you really want, in Spanish, you, want, you just want to come here for a better life, but you don't ask for no one else. The way my parents came here. We didn't get nothing. They, they turned our light off, our water off. You know what I'm we But we're, we're, we're alive. We're okay today. But instead, I can get a baseball. See, this is where I live. I can get a baseball. I love baseball. I, I play. I can get a baseball and throw it in any direction. And I can hit a house. In my, my neighborhood, the colonias. You know about the colonias, don't you? I live out there. Okay? In the colonias. I can get a baseball, throw it. I could hit an illegal immigrant. Five houses, at least. If I, you know what I'm saying? Okay, now watch. This is what they say. Okay. You're born. You come here watch this is the we already know the whole thing so you come here you have a baby okay that's it now that baby does gets rights now okay now that baby's born now he gets insurance because he's a baby that's what it is in my neighborhood my next-door neighbor is legal the person across the street is legal next-door neighbor is legal and then I think um, next door over there good people real good people are illegal but they're hard-working people I mean, you know okay so either way so they get they get they get welfare they get um, Medicaid my, my, sister, my sister, she can't get Medicaid. Okay? Now, they get wick. Watch. Now, if the kid needs to be about five years old and he pees in his bed, then he gets diapers. Now, if you ever go to the flea market and you all see all these diapers out there, all right, what they did, they're, what they say, their kids are, are using the restroom, and they're, they're go ahead. All right. so to, uh, to make, I'm, making, I'm just making a point, so huh? what I'm saying is this. You're saying blame the bureaucrats, but wait a second. Sin is still sin, and on Judgment Day, that person will still be accountable for that sin, that lie that he told, that he told. The bureaucrats, yes, they they pass laws, but if I were to lie and say that my kid wets his bed when he doesn't, if I were to lie and say, my husband left me, so now I have to give me TANFs, a relief check is what they give him, that's still sin, and that's a responsibility. I'm for immigration. Come here, but don't ask for Nothing you you scrape around the edge of the law like the god's law is perfect they ask you right, we already
1: what? we already answered that question and the answer to that question is that the the solution to this is not to restrict immigration which is anti-biblical the solution to this is is repeal and, and take and completely destroy the welfare system okay so uh, we well, we're, well, we're, well, making, we're, the, we're making we're uh, making
5: here the con we're well, making, i don't want to make on, on, on the law you're going around the law. If you would go to the essence of the law, yeah. then you're going to grab Christianity, is what you're going to do in the law and not around the law. Because yeah. you go around the law and the Christian thing to do is immigration. But the Christian, the greatest law is love the Lord your God with all your heart. And yet we don't want nothing to do with God. We're scraping the it, the surrounding. Grab the essence of the law. You know, That's my point. That's my view, that you're going around it when if you could go straight forward... We're pushing, taking 10 commandments out of school, out of the courts. We don't want to be like atheism, like you said. We're going around it. That this immigration thing is, is small. It's peanuts, man. Give it a year. Then you'll have a little problem. Give it two years. Then you have a big problem. But right now, this is nothing, though. Oh. <laughs> I,
6: understand,
7: I understand your problem, our problem uh, and that we need to change the law when I'm asking you to be a part of the solution, what do you suggest we do? Do we contact the bureaucrats or what do
1: we do? This, I talked, I talked to Juan yesterday about it. And when, 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 you're, when you ask this question, uh, this question has two parts in it, okay? You got, you got to understand, it has two parts. One is, what do I need to do right now realistically in this situation? And the other question is, uh, if, I was asked by my if I had the right if I had the power actually to change things what am I supposed to do now if you had the power to change things right now if your representative came to and asked you okay it's your turn now tell me what I need to do and I'll do it your answer should be repeal all immigration laws right away no excuses period just like with the prohibition a hundred years ago okay no excuses repeal the prohibition laws, and, and the problem is going to go away, just like the problem never existed before we had those immigration laws to start with, because they're artificially. But then the other question is, what do I do realistically? I'm, of course, my, my representatives aren't going to come and ask me, because my representative is taking his information, even if he's a Republican, he's taking his information from the Democrat National Convention, not from me. Okay? Because look, look at all the so-called conservatives in Congress. I mean, how do they they act? Do they act like conservatives? No. Okay. So, what you need to do is you need to start educating yourself about this. Because so far, it's been 20 years of self-conscious political liberal propaganda on conservatives to make them change their minds. Remember, in the 1980s, it was the conservatives that said, it was Reagan who said, doors, and the doors are open to everyone. With the heart and the will to get here. Well, I wish I could talk like Ronald Reagan. You know, he had a way with words. You know, but it, it is. But but we need to start educating ourselves. We need to start re-educating ourselves on this issue, and and, and start talking to other people and in and in, in telling them this is the biblical solution. This is the American solution. This is the, the constitutional solution to the issue. Sorry. Yes
8: i'm gonna try to clear a little bit of the i guess hypocrisy that uh, that we live in. Um, I work in the construction business, and funny thing is that we we got contracted to do a section of the border, and most of the people who were work, working at the border were illegals <laughs> so And we were making fun of it because (laughs) we had this huge warehouse we rented, and we were doing all these pipes and all this stuff. And we were having a hard time finding people from here because it was hard work. And, And this is how bad the hypocrisy is. If you go to a lot of these federal buildings, a lot of these companies that are against this stuff, guess who's doing all the work? It's illegals. Now I don't ask them because I don't have the right to say are you illegal or not because that's not part of my hiring process, and we don't have that right to say it to ask it either. I just say hey, do you know how to do this? Yes, I do. Go for it. You got a job. Um, but I've been working on a project called Project Lotus, um, which I don't know if you know what a lotus is. That flower only grows in swamps. You know, no matter if you try to grow it in somewhere nice, it won't grow. It has it needs a swamp. Well. I've been following some of my workers that I know they're illegal. I just never asked them, but I know they are. I mean, I have a 90, 99% chance they are. And and these guys, oh, and these guys, um, because they receive no help. A lot of the issues with these illegals is that they start doing the bad thing because us as Christians, they leave, we leave them alone. We're not with them. We're not teaching them. We're not inviting them to church teaching them the principles. There, there's a lot of good kid, good people that are illegal. There's a lot of working people that are illegal. I've been following these people and the reason I call it Project Lotus is because I tell these people, look, as long as you don't get not one assistance from the government, I help you. I help you out. You need help. You need tools. Parts that I get from construction, I give them to you. Well, I have three samples of three families that I've been especially one family. They have gotten help from no government. They've survived. Mm, he came by himself. His whole family is here now. He has a house. He got it with his sweat. He has cars, his own property. Not one symbol of assistance has he gotten Now, What I discovered by this is that it's not that there's no work. It's just that people don't want to work in the jobs that we have available and these guys are a sample that without no assistance yeah. they have more than some people that were born here yeah. so the corruption comes from here yeah. i really think not externally
5: yeah. okay yeah. Um, do you think that the, that the problem is one of because, because these those people I'm being facetious here. I have a different color skin, they speak a different language. I was wondering what it's like on our northern border with the Canadians. Are they, are they coming over by the millions and, and working illegally and doing all that? It used and to be, we just ignore it because they look just like us. It used to be. Let me, let me
1: tell you the situation. I had, a, I had a question some time ago by somebody who said, well, these people come here, they don't speak our language. And they create their own pocket communities and remember i told you about the pat McCorn, the, the senator that, that uh, advocated for, for this fascist law that was a supporter that was an admirer of franco and won in eight. and this is the origin of our immigration laws by the way every time keep this in mind our immigration laws were racist fascist and then socialist and we're still in the socialist stage of our immigration laws okay so anytime you, you come up with arguments uh, for keeping the immigration laws today you're either a racist or a fascist or a socialist even if you don't realize it okay but he was speaking about he was speaking about the Dutch people now if you go back because he didn't like the Dutch people for some reason you know when you go back to the time of the of the war between the states in 1861 to 1864 and you will see an interesting thing that some of the northern commanders were complaining because their troops didn't speak English because they draw some of their troops from Michigan, Wisconsin, um, Minnesota, you know, and some of their but and some of their uh, uh, some of their regiments were people who used to live in their communities. They didn't speak English. They speak, spoke Dutch. They spoke Swedish. They spoke Norwegian. You know, any other kind of language. They just speak English. You know, and I, I had a friend who passed away just last year who grew up in a community where the services were in Swedish. He was Swedish and his wife grew, grew up in a community where services were in Norwegian. And it was just, just you know, uh, 40 years ago. And in uh, America, it is for a very... It, it was not until uh, government education actually took hold to start making everybody the same. And in, for, in fact, in, in Texas forced Mexicans, you know, uh, Hispanics, Speak English, that most of America started speaking English. All the way until probably the 1920s, English was the minority language in, in in the United States. It was certainly the minority language in Texas because central Texas, they spoke what language? German. It was German. Most of Texas spoke either uh, Spanish or Indian languages or German. You know, and French in Galveston and English in some small places like you know like houston or dallas wasn't even existing now a good question was asked here about what do we do with the border and people people crossing the border and you know and, and and owners on the border having their property violated by by illegals who cross over into well let me ask you this if the border was if the entry in the united states was open if you were an immigrant would you choose where would you choose to cross the border the bridge right through the road who in their right mind will go through the desert yeah okay and if it was open would you take let's say fly in with the airport or, or take a boat and paddle all the way from Cuba take an airplane right so the reason we have the violation of private property on the border right now is again the federal government it's the loss of the federal government, because these people would have come over to work and would have gone back to their families through the board wouldn't do all this violation of private property. This is what's happening. Now, if you go back in the history of Texas before 1921, What was the most economically developed area of Texas all the way until 1921, when Dallas was still a small town and Houston was a few swamps and few houses around these swamps? What was the most economically developed area? Where is the place in Texas where you have so many Scottish names and we know Scots know where the economy grows? What's the name of this place here again? What's the place of the nearest place? why why did the Scots come here this was the most developed area of Texas yes this was the most developed area of Texas what made this area so poor was the immigration laws of 1921 it started downhill from 1921 until our time so that means and, and that's everywhere in Europe where you have a border, and the border is open, this is the most prosperous place. The borders between uh, Netherlands and Belgium, between Netherlands and, and, and Belgium and Germany, the borders between Germany and Poland, this is where the trade, the trade is. One country produces one thing, another country produces another thing. I mean, what's the normal thing? They meet at the border, they exchange things, they move on, Right? And we have all this violation of liberties and, and, and economic, uh, economic uh, poverty and so on on the border exactly because of immigration laws. Yes, sir. Uh, are you for the idea of uh, inoculations? Uh, I mean, our kids have to get shots to go to school. Uh, should we have the same thing at the border uh, with the, your idea of open borders? Um, uh, now, uh, I am for quarantine. I'm not for inoculations. Okay. First of all, I don't know if inoculations really work. And, and second of all, you know, I need to uh, people who don't who are not vaccinated, you know, uh, who, people who are supposed you're talking about vaccination, right? Yeah. Okay. People that are vaccinated shouldn't be afraid of those that are not vaccinated. All right. Because if you're vaccinated, you're not getting you know so it's, it should be personal choice now concerning, concerning quarantine, this is biblical Now, in the Bible, if you have a leper, that leper should have been exclu- it should be excluded from the community and that's why Ellis Island was Ellis Island was not an immigration facility it was a quarantine facility. they kept the immigrants there and that's New York City. You know they kept the immigrants there for two weeks or more, uh, waiting to see if there are any signs of any uh, of any disease and if there was not any disease you could enter so this is what they kept Ellis Island for it was not for restricting immigration you just sit there remember these pictures of people in you know, a long uh, uh, long benches and they all sitting there w- w- with their luggage and so on you know uh, women and children from Europe and you know just waving, and waving American flags and all that stuff this was quarantine facility and quarantine facility is biblical I agree with that okay because you know there are places in the world that you know can have uh, all kinds of uh, infectious disease that we don't want in the United States and we we want to do the best to to limit them but this is still not limiting immigration you know yes ma'am
6: hi uh... i want to go back to your biblical talk and uh... you mentioned like once the jews had their their own country and they welcomed people into their country oh i 'm sorry. They welcomed people into their country and got you know they could live where they wanted they could work they could you know raise their families but you I think you said that it was a couple of generations before they would be allowed to like be a part of the government, is that, am I correct in what you said? Yes, absolutely, that, I mean, I I relate that to my, I own a business, or I owned a business, and if I bring someone into my business that is new, I need to train them and I need to teach them about what they need to do and how how to, uh, you know, sell to the customer. And I'm not going to put them in charge immediately. I am going to see, you know, and then right. then bring them right. exactly. into management or whatever. And so, but I wanted to confirm what you had said there, yes. because I think that's an important part of what's going on right mm-hmm. now, is that we can't just bring these people in, even even if they are someone who... Uh, you know, has more skills and that sort of thing. They still, they need to understand our system and our freedoms and, and that sort of thing before they can be p- part of the governing process. Well, and I think do that's do so important.
1: Do we understand our system? How many of the laws do you understand of the 70,000 laws that are passed oh. by Washington, D.C. every year? Do we Amen. understand? <laughs> so, yeah. I agree with that. And like I said several times, you know, open borders, limited political franchise. Open borders, limited political franchise. See, for most people in the world, voting means nothing. Because they come from countries where voting means nothing. Yeah. I mean, anybody, anybody who's been in Mexico or, or, or Europe, hey, go to Britain, you know. You can't get more civilized than them. And even their voting means nothing because you got two parties and they're all just exchange I mean it doesn't matter what you vote it's the same policy all the time now we don't have that in America it never happened in America whoa wait wait wait. (laughs) so so pretty much pretty much the same thing everywhere so they they don't really care about voting I really don't care about voting you eventually get forced to you know get American citizenship uh, after five years they the rules are, and I can tell you from personal experience, the rules are such that even if you want, if you, don't, if you don't want to be an American citizen, just live here freely and not have any political franchise, the government is kind of forcing you through the rules to get that political uh, franchise. So, uh, my position would be, open the borders for everybody who wants to come, limit the political franchise. You know, Don't limit it on uh, skin color <laughs> basis, but but limited on the basis of you know what um, uh, maybe it's going to take ten years, maybe it's going to take your children, maybe it's going to take whatever you want to limit it. I mean, uh, there are biblical there are biblical guidelines that we can go to, but if we're talking about immigration, it's not the same as political franchise. As as long as immigration is concerned, let let people go, let people free to go because, like I said. We're still at a point where the government is limiting the outsiders. But I lived in a country where the government was limiting insiders. And it might not be far for us here. So this is the point. Yes, sir. Well, but we're not going to help the process by helping them by insisting on immigration restrictions. We need to return America. If we return the America to the original formula, open immigration, that will work against them because they will not have the power of the federal government to decide who gets in. Right now, they want to have the – liberals are not for open borders. Liberals are for closed borders and then amnesty so that they have double control over it. They impose the laws, and then they're the grace-givers. Our answer should be, no, neither neither the laws nor the grace. Everything should be in the hands of God. Let people free and take that area out of the prerogatives of the federal government. Yes, ma'am.
4: As somebody who's been at the epicenter of working with the, the influx of the children and the families, working at Sacred Heart Church in McAllen, I'm wondering from your perspective, what indeed is our role, our responsibility as Christians as we, as we watch the hundreds of people passing through the doors there at Sacred Heart and, and, the, and the appeals to us for our generosity and love. And yet these are hundreds and thousands of people coming forward to impact on our local economy as well as on our country. And what is our job, our responsibility as Christians?
1: Our biblical responsibility as Christians is to show, first of all, to to support liberty and justice for all, no matter who they are, and second, to show mercy to those that are wicked and demand justice for those that are criminals. If you have somebody who is a criminal, You cannot define a criminal on the basis of their belonging to a group, whether it's immigrant group or a skin color group or any kind of thing or national group and so on. You've got to take the person. If the person is a criminal, if you can prove that this guy is a criminal, then he's a criminal. Turn him over to the authorities. But if this guy, his only crime is that he broke a law that shouldn't be there in the first place, no, he is not a criminal. You should help that guy as a Christian and use that to preach the gospel to him. It's not your job to. It's it's not. it's not it's not, it's not your job to screen through the people. It's not even the federal government job. There's gotta be if there's a crime. If there's a crime, there will be somebody to see the crime. It's not that you're screening the people. It's not your job. It's not our job to go around. There's nothing in the Bible to tell us that we go down the street and we look at people and start screening people or somebody comes to us for help and we start screening people because this is not a biblical policy. This is not a biblical. God does not allow us to start prying into people's lives. We look at these people as somebody who needs help and if they need help once and they come to us again for help, that that means that between the first time and the second time, they didn't learn to take care of themselves, then we need to talk to them about work ethics, things that the gospel teaches, work ethics, entrepreneurship, future orientation, and so on, industriousness, and things like that. Hey, I I was a missionary among the gypsies in Bulgaria, and let me tell you what. You you can take the most savage tribes in the Amazonian rainforest and they're not as pagan as European gypsies. I mean, you wouldn't believe what things happen among the European gypsy population, the European gypsy communities. And yet, we worked exactly the same way. I I have not, uh, we didn't didn't have to do, we didn't have to institute any, any ghettos. We didn't have to put them uh, enclosed in some some quarters of their own or institute a curfew or any immigration restrictions on them. We just work with them. And you know what? You preach to them the gospel and it takes some time for any pagan and eventually they get it. Because the Holy Spirit is working in these people. When you preach, the Holy Spirit does not allow that word to come back to you empty. And so the same thing with everybody. If they're a criminal that's a different thing you take an individual guy you know you know he's a criminal but you don't screen the person you don't go to the person and see oh because he's an immigrant there must be something I must start screening the guy no you don't do that we're, we're Christians we cannot read minds our job is to bring to them the gospel and our job is when there is an unjust government law to oppose it and say to the government you know, I'm sorry for the word, but I do, do believe it. Federal government, to hell with your double standards. I'm sorry, I know it sounds offensive, but I do believe it. And it's biblical. To hell with your double standards, I will do what the Bible tells me to do. This is what we need to do. How about Romans What's that? How about Romans what is Romans 13? Romans 13. I want to ask you about Romans 13 if you lived in the Soviet Union. Right here, let me repeat what I said, let me repeat what I said. I want to ask you about Romans 13 if you lived in the Soviet Union. Okay, good. Is it, wrong? it is wrong to obey unjust laws of the government. It is righteous to oppose tyrants. Yes, you, 13, to to your your okay. And then the government, and then it says in Romans 13, that there are specific reasons for why you pay taxes. So it is just as much a limitation on you as it is a limitation on the government. Romans 13 is not giving a free pass to the government to pass any laws and it is not uh, uh, forcing you to obey any whim of a government bureaucrat. Romans 13 actually specifically says that the government must be servant of God And of the people. And if that civil government is not a servant of God, this is not the civil government that the Romans 13 talks about. And therefore, you owe no allegiance to that civil government. And this is what the American Revolution was all about. You didn't hear me, my friend. You didn't hear what I said. Romans 13 sets standards for what a civil government is supposed to be legitimate civil government It's got to be a servant of God, and it's got to work for the good of the people Which means that if that civil government is not a servant of God Romans 13 do not apply To you you're not obligated to that civil government And in fact what you need to do is stand against that civil government like our ancestors did and created this great country, period. Civil disobedience to unjust laws, yes. It's good to do what God commands over what man commands. Yes, ma'am.
7: Well, the question (coughs) has come up about uh, screening of folks uh, for health reasons. And just so that you know, the women and children that are passing through the McAllen sector and are being put on buses and planes to go all over the United States have not been screened in any way. They have no immunizations. They have no vaccinations. Uh, they've been here less than 48 hours. Just so that you know. Yeah.
1: We're not okay? back to the original loss. We're not back to the original idea. We need to return America back to her roots. And Which this is. What? What's that?
7: Which is what?
1: Which is, which is open immigration and, yes, quarantine...
7: Oh, but they're not... I'm just t- letting you know they are not being quarantined. You referred and you referenced... Ellen, well, obviously, they were there.
1: obviously our government is not doing its job. That's exactly what I've been saying. Yeah. That's, no, the whole
7: system is broken because these folks are coming in. They are here. Yeah. Those are the folks that we are serving at uh, Sacred Heart Church every day, have been doing it for the last uh, three weeks or so, and they are are not being detained in any way. The women and children are not being detained. Now, there's a whole slew of unaccompanied minors that we do not have access to that Mm -hmm. I have no idea what's going to happen to them because they are caught in that black hole of our immigration system. See, we don't know what's going to happen to them. Nobody we we as the
1: See, we know, have we have this we have know. again we have again this big problem of of not seeing not seeing the real issue. The real issue is we have laws that basically the government has gotten out of its legitimate role into something that is not its role. Okay. And then we're looking just at the trees and we don't see the the, the wood, yeah, the forest, you know, and we don't see the forest and yes, of course the civil government is not going to do its job and the reason is it has self-consciously refused to do its jobs and have adopted other, uh, uh, other prerogatives that do not belong to it yes, the civil government does not care about quarantine now why? because every political issue is what about? Control, control. Political Money. control. Money, yeah. So all they no. care is because quarantine does not give the government more political control, and that's the reason you don't have quarantine. But you know what? We have argued for more power to the federal government on this issue, and it's our fault. If we say, let's return to the to the biblical idea, then quarantine will be there, and these people will stay there for two weeks, and then will enter just like it was for so many years in America before 1921.
7: But that whole system is broken because these folks are yeah. are going all over the country. Now we no, 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 the system
1: is broken because we have allowed the federal government well, to yeah, control no, the borders. The,
7: the fact that these folks are no, no, going no, no, all no, no, over no, no the country... No, 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 you
1: don't understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the system is broken because we have allowed the federal government yes. to control the borders. And not because goals. these folks are going anywhere, it's no. not in these folks, the system is broken because because the federal government is allowed to control the borders, this is Definitely. where you need to start. This is why the system is broken.
7: Okay. So we'll control the borders, and we need to quarantine these folks here. Yeah. Okay. This is well, the, this is I the wish only that thing we could. It. If it was up to me, none of these folks would have gotten past Fel If it was up to me, that's where the. Why not? The because we could quarantine them here. We can't quarantine them in Baltimore or Delaware or well, California okay. or wherever they've gone. We okay, can't but, but quarantine as soon as you there.
1: quarantine them, no, yeah, no, as soon no, as you quarantine No, quarant- they
7: would have been taken care of here properly and okay. completely and received the adequate health care and screening that they needed to have before we just turned them loose. Okay. Now, we also keep alluding and kind of skirting around the issue of the criminal element. If you talk to any of the customs and border control people, the police, um, you know, the law enforcement people in the in this sector, they will. Their primary concern, and they're aware of the women and children. They see them every day, yeah. but their primary concern is what is driving this sudden uh, exodus and migration of people. And their concern is that it is the criminal element in their country of origin that is driving this migration of people here. So what do we do about that? And, and you mentioned, you know, that biblically uh, that there is scripture that addresses what do we do with a criminal element. That would be a discussion that I would like to have is like, okay, uh, if the criminal element is driving this migration, and it's not economic, it's not social, it's not political, it's criminal. Mm-hmm. What do we do about that, and how do we protect okay. ourselves against that, or do we protect <clears throat> okay, ourselves we, against that? Okay, what we that? do?
1: What we do about that? Is probably start wa- stop wasting money on controlling immigration, and and redirect that money to controlling criminals.
9: Okay. I I can see the benefit of spending a whole day, you know, brainstorming and and really hashing things out. But I think that the idea for today was, first of all, that we get the big picture. And then we get into the specifics of how to go about, you know, actually implementing God's ways. Um, We're going to ask one more question, and I'm going to ask it. (laughs) So if anybody wants to talk to Bo, good luck. Try to catch him afterwards. Or He's very accessible, uh, and uh, you can get him, Bojadar Marinov, on Facebook and ask him any questions you want. Now, Bo, somebody told me to ask this question, so I'm going to ask it. Okay. Just in case, I know the answer, because you've given it about a hundred times already. But just in case you, ha- you want to add anything, and after Bo finishes, Pastor Ron will give us some closure for today in prayer. Thank you so much for coming. I think that we can only grow as we learn God's Word better and better, and as the Holy Spirit, you know, reveals to us all the truth that He wants us to know. So, my question is this, and the lady uh, here just began to allude to it. You might have a certain element, whether it's in Latin America or in China, whose interest it is To basically flood America with their constituency and overwhelm our nation. Take over. What do you do?
1: Yeah, the question, actually the the original question I think was, what if the Chinese government decides to... I want i want a specific number the chinese government want import okay. yeah forty forty million 40 million people here you know and in order to change the political constituency of the united states you know w- what's that al-qaeda doesn't have 40 million people al-qaeda is like what a thousand people around the world so they don't have a million people but uh, but we're talking about you know really big group of people in and i was laughing when i <laughs> when i saw that because because this only shows, a question like this only shows why we Christians are losing uh, all, all credibility in the culture, because this question is so much in the la-la land of fantasy, and I'll, I'll explain to you why. Now, before, before we ask that question, my question is this. What if 300 million Americans tomorrow wake up and change their loyalty, not to the United States, but to the government of China? What are we going to do? It ain't going to happen, right? it never happened why because things don't change that quick because we don't live in a world where God allows such changes like this at the snap of a finger okay but let's but when we when we ask a question when we pose an argument as Christians we always need to think And 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 of course another answer would be political like I said free immigration for everybody but limited political franchise so if we really adopted the biblical principles then these people wouldn't have any political franchise. So if the, even if the Chinese government would ship 40 million people here, it, we have open borders. They ship 40 million people here. These people aren't going to be able to vote. You know, but we have another problem that when we go to the Bible, Jesus said every time you do something, like a wise man when he builds a tower, we, he counts the costs. And when you go to war, you count how many troops you have. So you always count the cost. And every time you ask a question, and like this guy that you mentioned, every time you pose an argument, you've got to stop and think, is this argument realistic? Because if this argument doesn't include a cost-benefit analysis to see if this is realistic, the argument has absolutely no validity whatsoever, and that means that you're not thinking clearly. This is what the argument, this is what you need to to stop. Now, let me ask you this. Can a a government in the world today snap its fingers and transport 40 million people at zero cost anywhere in the world? It cannot transport 40 million people from one city to another at zero cost in their own land. What about transporting 40 million people from uh, from China to America? All right, let's see we open the borders. Let's see uh, if, if this is a realistic argument. Let's let's see if, if, uh, and and then the Chinese government decides to take over America and decides to ship 40 million immigrants here in America to change the political landscape. Okay, so first thing, and let's say in five years, like like the laws today, after they come here as immigrants, they can get political franchise. All right. first of all, the average cost for an immigrant, and I know it from my own experience, the average cost for an immigrant, it's less when you're a family, to to start from his own country and to come to America and settle here is five five thousand dollars and that's the lowest average cost so 40 million people times five thousand dollars is how much 200 billion dollars so the Chinese government in order to do that it will be 200 billion dollars less okay well 200 billion dollars is not that much okay you know it's uh, not a big deal you know 200 billion dollars but then they have to stay in the united states and they have to survive for five years before they get american citizenship right okay so you think the chinese government will have enough money to support them here at the, at the cost of five uh, fifty thousand dollars a year i mean not fifty like twenty thousand dollars a year for them to survive here the chinese government will have to reach into its deep pockets four trillion dollars to make them live here for this time and be able to, eventually, to get American citizenship. So they have to train them to actually be able to work and survive in the United States. And you think education is at zero, zero cost. So that means they have to start 12 years prior, train specifically people in that they got to train them not to survive in China, but to survive in the United States, which means they, they need to train them English, American business and all that stuff. Now, education in China, I checked last, uh, last night, Education in China for a child from 1st grade to 12th grade, and 12th grade is not enough uh, many times, costs uh, the government $20,000. Times 40 million people, $800 billion. So you got $800 billion plus 12 years, plus $200 billion to ship them over here. So now the Chinese government is 12 years back, and $1 trillion back to have to be able to do that. It's a cost-benefit analysis. Okay, let's continue. It's not the end of it. Now, they got to stay in the United States, and they got to work in the United States and produce in order to survive here in the United States. And guess what? There's still no such thing as producing without actually giving added value to the economy. So you're in the economy here, and you produce, let's say, the, 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 the lowest $50,000 a year, which means that in one year, $40 billion Chinese will produce two trillion dollars of added value to the American economy, and over the course of five years before they get American citizenship, it will be ten trillion dollars of added value to the American economy, and we got that for free because they educated them. Okay, so we got ten trillion dollars. Meanwhile, you think... It's not for a car co- China doesn't have a car co- well they don't have these workers now these are active workers and by the way they got to be young because you cannot wait for them it's, it's not going to be effective if you if you send them like in their 60s you know they got to be young and and you know and and then China is losing this 10 trillion dollars so now oh, well, let's say they're 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 uh, 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 pr- productivity is lower. Let's say China is losing only one trillion dollars. So now America is ten trillion dollars ahead. China is two trillion dollars back and twelve years back. And, and, uh, okay, this is not the end. Well, I think at this point we got to think, we got to encourage the Chinese government to train 40 million people and send them here. We'll be better off, right? Well, let's, let's continue. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished yet. The D-Day is there, all these Chinese get their American citizenship, they're on the American soil, and they're gonna vote. And we get to the quadrillion dollar question for every communist government. How do you control the individual people? How do you control how they vote? These are smart people who came to the United States. They know the difference between what's there and what's here. And they are now American citizens. They're outside of the reach of that oppressive government. Why would they want to vote to get returned back to that misery? That's the question. Now, I, uh, I can tell you, I don't know statistics about that, about this specific case but I can tell you statistics that the Soviet secret services, the, 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 their uh, intelligence services actually had about their own spies who they would send to the West and these are not just your average Chinese Joe on the street these are high-level Soviet spies that you know they were specifically trained in their schools to come here and be spies in America and the statistics are that after their first uh, mission To the west when they returned three quarters of them were now unreliable because of the difference they saw they couldn't send them again and these were not people when they returned back they would be living in 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 misery and in you know some small uh uh apartments and so on these were high level people and yet they returned back and they can't use them three out of four they can not what do you think is going to be the percentage for 40 million just average people and how would the Chinese government... So after five years, $2 trillion back, $10 trillion more for the American economy, now the Chinese government got to pray to God that these 40 million people will actually vote the way their Chinese masters want it. You see how ridiculous this argument is. Now, if we're... We're Christian guys. We're Christians. We cannot afford to come up with stupid arguments we got to be the people who show an example of common sense to the world not go around and think and talk like we can have a la la land where the government snaps its fingers it transports 40 million people at no cost we can't do that okay and that's why we gotta we gotta before we pose an argument stop and think is this a realistic argument or is this an argument That is irrational and produced by irrational government propaganda this is what we need to stop I think if the Chinese government we got to give the idea to the Chinese government ship to us 40 million Chinese educate them first so they can survive in the States ship them to us and in five years let's see